I remember when I was first getting into houseplants, I had so much pseudo-irrational fear around repotting plants. And I look back now and it makes sense because when it's time to repot a plant, it means that you're doing great as a plant parent, right? Your plant has grown. You've had your plant for a year or two. It's time to repot. It's time to give it a new home. And you don't want to mess it up, right? You don't want that repotting to be the thing that causes the plant to go downhill. I used to think that this anxiety was uniquely mine, that no one else could have the attachment to their plants that would lead them to stress out, like lose sleep over repotting their plants, right? But now that I've been podcasting for seven years, I've heard from you guys that this tends to be a very stressful thing. Repotting isn't necessarily intuitive. It's not necessarily easy. There is a lot of misinformation on the internet. So I decided that it was time to dedicate an entire episode all about how to repot your plants stress-free, how to repot your plants from an empowered place so that you can continue to thrive and grow joy alongside your plants as they continue to grow and thrive under your care. I have so many tips and tricks from my seven years of caring for houseplants that I cannot wait to share with you. So let's dive right in. Welcome to the Growing Joy with Plants podcast, where we not only learn how to care for plants successfully, but how to simply and affordably use our plant babies to cultivate more joy in our lives by doing so. I'm Maria, former plant killer turned happy plant lady, author of Growing Joy, The Plant Lover's Guide to Cultivating Happiness, speaker, podcaster, and most importantly, your new best plant friend. On Growing Joy with Plants, you'll find conversations about houseplant care, gardening tutorials, and wellness through the lens of plants. Plant care is self-care on Growing Joy. Hello, plant friends. Welcome to the Growing Joy podcast. I am Maria, your host. If you're new here, welcome. I'm your new best plant friend, and I'm so excited to help you care for plants successfully and grow joy in your life while doing so. If you're a repeat OG listener, welcome back. I love you. Thanks for showing up on a weekly basis to grow with me. This is so fun. I'm kind of in a silly, goofy mood today, plant friends. This is a solo episode all about repotting plants. I have thought long and hard about all the things that I've learned about repotting plants in the last seven or eight years that I've been caring for houseplants successfully. Also, I'm going to you know, blow up my own spot and share some things that I've done in my plant killer days that were not successful with repotting houseplants to save you some drama in your life. And we're going to have a really fun solo episode. It's just you and me today, so it'll be shorter as well. Now, if you're a visual learner, we also have a repotting demo on my YouTube channel. This year, we relaunched my YouTube channel with professionally shot and edited videos. It's exquisite. I'm very proud of it. And if you're looking for visual opportunities to learn kind of after you listen to this episode, you should definitely go check it out. I think it's Growing Joy with Maria on YouTube as well. And we also have a lot of fun tutorials that don't get talked about on the podcast, like a Kokodama tutorial, the repotting tutorial, a tutorial on how to pick the right pots for your plants. So if you're a YouTuber, go check it out. If not, hang with me and just stay subscribed to the podcast. I got you. Also, before we dive into repotting, well, I guess repotting is part of it, but plant friends, I am still riding a high from the most incredibly planty experience I had this weekend in my house. I had been traveling for a long time. I had gotten back my plants. I could just feel they weren't happy. (laughs) I could just feel that the vibe was not high with my plant collection. It was a Sunday. 
I didn't have any plans. So I decided to like make myself my favorite drink, play some music that really gets me going, like really fun music. And for two hours, I kid you not, and I'm not a two hours a week type of plant care person. For two hours, I spent time going through every single plant in my collection. I probably have about 80 or 90 houseplants at this point taking them over to the sink, giving them a really thorough water in case they had any like packs of dry soil in the pots, cleaning up, pruning off dead leaves. Like it just felt so good. And I was just like, man, this is free. This is free. This is a free wellness tool. After I felt so accomplished, I felt so restored. And then this week, as my plants have all kind of bounced back because they've had this thorough water, they got some nutrients, they got fertilized, they've got clean, shiny leaves, like they've been perking up and seeing that perk up has felt so good. Man, it's amazing how simple that is. So I highly encourage you, especially as this episode airs, you know, around the spring equinox as we're moving into spring, like do some spring cleaning with your plants, man. I also got rid of a few plants. I composted a few plants. I made space for some new plants that I have coming in, right? I repotted a few plants that desperately needed to be repotted. It just, it was just the most mindful, wonderful day. And in order to make it mindful, you got to be confident and be doing it right, right? We don't want any mistakes or any, you know, plants that go downhill after they get cared for and repotted. So whether you're listening today as a beginner plant parent who actually shares that anxiety that I was talking about, about, you know, being scared to repot and nervous that you're going to do something wrong, or whether you're more of like the intermediate plant friend who kind of knows how to repot, but is just listening to see if I can, you know, give you any tips, which by the way, I have so many for you today. So fear not. You're just doing such a good job. I just want to commend you as a plant parent. You can have any hobby in the world, right? You can fish, you can knit, you can crochet, and you choose to care for these plants that don't speak your language and that, you know, you need to heighten your sensitivities to to care for. You show up to this podcast and maybe the YouTube channel to learn, to make sure to empower yourself to care for your plants. So I think you're amazing. I am obsessed with you. I'm so proud of you. You're doing great. And let's dive into the content of this episode to help you do even better and thrive even more alongside your plants. Or shall I say, grow some joy. Ha ha ha. See what I did there? Okay. So when we talk about repotting, I think there's actually three different aspects of the quote unquote repotting conversation. Like sometimes when you Google repotting, you actually think that you're potting up. So there's actually two different definitions I want to get into repotting versus potting up. And then also I'm going to throw a third thing that we need to talk about in here, which is the potting up of rooted cuttings that came out of water, because there are going to be different things that you do for each three of these actions that kind of fall under the the repotting umbrella. So there's repotting, potting up, and then potting up water-rooted cuttings. I have made mistakes and learned from mistakes doing all three of these things. I have very successfully done all three of these things, so I can't wait to chat more with you about what I've learned. So let's start with potting up, because when you think of repotting, this is probably what you're going to think. Potting up is taking a plant that's in one pot and potting it up into a larger pot than the pot that it's originally in, right? So if I have a plant in a four-inch pot, I'm going to pot it up to a six-inch pot or an eight-inch pot. Taking a plant from a small pot to a big pot. You could, I guess, also conversely pot down, taking it from a big pot to a small pot. When are you going to pot up? You're going to pot up when your plant has exceeded the space in the current container that it's in. So if I have a Monstera Peru in a four-inch planter, which I do, 
And I'm noticing that it's root bound or pot bound, another like weird duality, but root bound and pot bound mean the same thing. It means the roots, the capacity of the roots have outgrown the container's ability to hold them. The root system has gotten too big for the planter and kudos to you because that means that the plant is happy and thriving and growing, right? So pot bound, root bound plants can look like roots growing out of the holes in the bottom of the pot because there's no more space inside the pot. So they start looking through the holes in the bottom of the pot to grow out. This can look like a plant looking like it's almost about to explode out of the top of the pot because the roots are growing and essentially pushing the plant out of the pot from the top, if that makes sense. Plants that dry out really fast probably means that the majority of the matter inside the pot is roots and they're just like sucking the water up really quick. Plants that droop or wilt really more frequently than normally. So if you notice that your plant all of a sudden for no reason is like taking a turn and going south and you haven't really been doing anything different, that also might be a sign that it's time to pot up the plant. So this is where you're going to take your root bound plant from its, you know, let's just go with the four inch thing and pot it up. Now, some rules with potting up. Learn from my mistakes. You do not want to take a plant that's in a four inch pot and move it into a planter that's 10 inches. So what happens when roots sit in wet soil? If roots sit in soil that doesn't dry out fast enough, the soil stays moist and the roots rot and die, right? And die off. So let me tell you a mistake that I made once when potting up that ruined my absolutely favorite plant. I had been gifted a variegated watermelon peperomia, peperomia argyrea, I think is the Latin, but I was gifted a variegated watermelon peperomia And it was in a four-inch pot and it was doing pretty well. I decided I wanted to pot it up into a larger pot to let it grow more. And I moved it from a four-inch pot to a 10-inch pot because I wanted the aesthetic of this particular planter that I had. So what happened was I watered the plant and I noticed all of a sudden this peperomia was really going downhill. So I went to take the peperomia out of its pot and the peperomia had no roots. The entire root system that I had repotted and felt with my hands had completely evaporated. Because I potted it up into such a larger pot, the soil in the 10-inch pot stayed wet and the roots rotted and basically disintegrated into the soil. It was devastating, right? (laughs) It was so devastating. I mourn the loss of that plant. So you want to just bump it up one or two inches larger than the planter that it's currently in. That's going to allow for more soil for the roots to establish and get comfortable in this larger soil but it's not going to allow the plant to get overwatered by having them too few roots and too much soil, if that makes sense. So general rule of thumb is you're going to bump the pot up two inches. Most pots come in two inches. So if it's a four inch pot, you're going to bump it up to a six inch. If it's a six inch, you're going to bump it up to an eight inch. Example, I have a very large Monstera plant that I let stay root bound because it's happy. The roots are growing out of the bottom of the pot. It's probably time. It's in a 12, it's in an eight inch pot right now. If I was to repot that, I might bump it up instead of moving it into a 10 inch, move it into a 12 inch because it is so pot bound. And I know when I shake all those roots out, there's enough roots to hold a 12 inch planter in there. But I'm gonna say when you're in the beginning, just stick with that two inch bump up rule. And then once you get to know your plants a little bit better, you'll be able to kind of read the room of, you know what, I can bump this up into a a pot that's four inches larger instead of two inches. This allows for the roots to have access to enough soil for the roots to do what they're supposed to do. So the roots absorb through water nutrients in the soil, micronutrients. So first off, plants eat light. They make their main food through photosynthesis, so they need light. But they get a lot of macro and micronutrients through the soil. So 
when there's not enough soil and too many roots, the plant isn't able to suck up the nutrition that it needs, right? So potting up is really important. Online, you're going to see like the general rule of thumb is like repot your plant every one to two years. I don't think that's necessarily true if your plant is doing well and the roots haven't grown that much, but you're going to want to check to see if your plant needs to be potted up every year at least, because especially after the spring and summer, if your plant goes through a lot of growth, it might be time for you to bump that planter, that plant up so it can stay happy and healthy and established. Another thing is if you don't pot up enough, you're going to get a really top-heavy plant and a really small planter, and it's going to be hard for that plant to not tip over, right? So that's another consideration for when you might be potting up. But if the root system doesn't need it, I would just say put that smaller planter in a larger planter to kind of help anchor it, if that makes sense. Like you see that with a lot of Hoya. A lot of Hoya tend to live in smaller pots and then have, you know, structures that kind of keep them in place because they're such epic foliage growers. So when to pot up, when the plant when the plant is pot bound and it needs to graduate to a larger container because the plant is growing. There's more leaves on top, there's more roots below. As above, so below. If you're getting more leaves, you're probably getting more roots. Now let's talk about repotting, which often just gets called potting up. Repotting is when you're taking a plant out, you're refreshing the soil, and then you're putting it back in the same size container. Repotting, now this is when I think that one or every one or two years makes sense, right? Because if you think about it, we have plants that live in these, in nature, plants have infinite ability to continue to grow their roots and access fresh soil and the nutrients they need, right? Because of natural turnover in the forest or in the jungle or wherever you are. With plants in a planter, that is a finite amount of soil and nutrients that the plant's roots have access to. So if the plant sucks up all the nitrogen that is in the soil, there's no more nitrogen for it to suck up unless you really have your fertilizing tuned in. But you don't want to have to be dealing with your fertilizer in that capacity. You want your soil to be rich in organic nutrients for the plant to have. So every one to two years, Considering if your plant is growing, it makes sense to refresh the soil to make sure that the soil is nice and fresh and has all of the delicious nutrients that it needs. Also to help for it not to get compacted, right? Because sometimes old soils tend to get compacted kind of hard and then it gets harder to water. So I do recommend repotting your plants, taking the plant out of the planter, refreshing the soil, and then replanting it every year to two years, depending on your plant. So what does this look like? You take the plant out of the planter. You kind of shake off all the old stuff. You shake off all the old crusty soil. You might have to soak the root ball if you have any like internal pieces of soil that have gotten really dry and compacted. You might just have to like soak it in some water to free the roots. And then you're just going to take that plant and pot it up in fresh soil. That's it. That's repotting. It's not that deep. So we are in low light season plant friends and you might be considering a grow light. So if you are, you have to check out my favorite grow light company, Soltech, and their line of amazing grow lights, the Aspect, the Vita, the Highland, and the Grove. They are all here to turn your indoor jungle dreams into reality. So this is insane, but I have eight of Soltech grow lights in my house, okay? I have eight. I have three of their Aspect pendant lights, which come in white or black. I have the black ones. They're super sleek, minimalist aesthetic, and they hang from the ceiling. They're super easy to install. They hang like any other light fixture, so they just blend into your house seamlessly. They're great for larger plants. 
I have two of their Vita grow bulbs, which are literally just a light bulb that has this full spectrum white light that all of their grow lights have that you can screw into any desk or floor lamp. And they're even dimmable. They're insane. I love them. I have one on my desk lamp. Billy had one screwed into his floor lamp in his office for a while. And then I recently just installed three of the Soltech grow bars in my bookshelf to turn my entire bookshelf into a highlight haven for my plants. If you watch me on social media, it's the background of all my podcast interviews. It looks amazing on Zoom interviews. Oh my gosh. The grow bars are so insanely easy to install. I could not believe how easy the installation of these grow bars was. They're super sleek. They blend in really easy and they're dimmable. So if I'm on a Zoom call and they're too bright, like they've backlit me, you can literally dim them. Soltec also has a larger scale track system called the Highland, which you can use if you're installing green walls, large plants, or bringing a large scale plant vision to life. So this February, let's keep our indoor gardens blooming and growing. And here's a little treat for you. Get 15% off your Soltech lights of your choice with the code BLOOM15. So BLOOM15. Let's light up the plant world one leaf at a time. And don't forget, Soltech gives you free shipping in the US and has a multi-year warranty. That's with code BLOOM15 at Soltech.com. That's once again, Soltech.com and code BLOOM15 for 15% off. On an episode all about repotting houseplants, we have to talk about the potting mix that I have used for the last five or six years, Espoma Organic. If you don't know about Espoma, they were on the podcast last year. They're a fourth-generation, family-owned and operated company dedicated to making safe indoor and outdoor gardening products for people, pets, and the planet. Planting your plants in high-quality potting mix is a massive key for success when it comes to houseplants to make sure that your plants get aeration, nutrients, and anchoring they need. And I have loved... Espoma's line of potting mixes forever. All of my houseplants are potted at this point, I believe, in Espoma mix. Most of my plants were just potted up in their general potting mix. In the last year or two, I've gotten a little fancy. Sometimes I add a little bit of cactus mix in, a little bit of orchid bark if I want to like feel mad sciency. but their potting mix is great for most plants. But they also have specific mixes for different types of houseplants. So they have an African violet specific mix. They have a cactus mix that I also have my lime tree planted in. They have an orchid bark mix, and they even have a bonsai mix if you're into bonsai. If you're prepping for gardening season, they also have all sorts of potting mix and compost that you could ever need from their seed starting mix to their general potting mix that you can do your plants. And I have my whole grow bag garden planted up in general potting mix. They have amazing compost. They have garden soil. They have raised bed garden soil. They have everything you need. And not only do they have everything you need to plant up any type of plant, all their products are organic and their manufacturing facilities are 100% solar powered and they use bio-preferred packaging. To learn more about Espoma's indoor and outdoor organic products, you can visit espoma.com to see where your local Espoma dealer is, or you can click the link to go to my Espoma Amazon storefront to check out my curated list of favorites. Thanks, Espoma. So a big error that I see is people potting up when they only need to repot. So people moving a plant into a larger planter when they only need to just refresh the soil or vice versa, that they just refresh soil and they don't pot up when the plant actually needs to be potted up. I hope this makes sense. This was a big thing I did not understand for many years. Now, let's talk about potting up water-rooted cuttings. So if you go to a plant swap or if you have a propagation station in your house and you want to pot up your water-rooted propagations, 
this is where you do things a little bit differently. You're just potting it. But think about these plants and the roots. The roots have grown in only water, right? Normally, so fun fact is soil is actually like 25% air. There's aeration in the soil because roots need air. So when you water propagate plants, they grow in water. And when you plant them in soil for the first time, they can go through a little bit of shock. So when you plant up water-rooted cuttings, you have to make sure that you really pack the soil in to give the cuttings the stability that they need. And then you also, I recommend keeping the soil more moist than you normally would for that first month because you want to kind of replicate the water that it's in so that the roots can establish in soil and just transition a little bit more comfortably. So you definitely don't want to let your soil dry out in that first month that you're potting up water-rooted cuttings. And ideally, you want to just keep the soil a little more moist so the rooted cuttings can get a little bit more comfortable as they get used to living in soil, but then they will be very happy to live in soil because soil has nutrients that water doesn't have. Okay. So those are like kind of three high level, like different reasons why you're going to be taking a plant out of a pot and putting it back in its original pot or a new pot, right? Now let's talk about general steps for repotting. I'm just going to use the word repot now as we move forward, but these general steps that I'm about to walk you through can apply to repotting, potting up, or potting up water-rooted cuttings. Okay, so first, when you take a plant out of its pot, whether you've gotten it from the nursery or whether it's grown really happily in your home, congratulations, again, you're nailing it. You wanna do something that I like to just call set the roots free, right? So when you take a plant out of its pot, it's very normal for roots to start to grow in the shape of the pot that it's currently in, like in little circles, right? If it's a circular pot or square, if it's a square pot. You don't want to train the roots to do that because what can happen is the roots will start to kind of choke themselves out in that circular area. You want the roots to grow wild and free the way they grow, you know, all over the place scattered in nature. So when you take the plant out, you're going to shake off, you know, the soil that it's in. You don't have to be neurotic about it. You don't have to spray the roots off unless you're checking for root issues, but you're going to want to shake out the majority of the soil that's in there. You can massage it a little bit. So most of the soil falls away and you're just going to kind of, I just like finger comb my fingers through the plant and through the roots so I just kind of untangle the roots however they are. If you have a crazy mess of roots, like don't feel like you have to separate everything, but you just want to kind of make sure that when you pick the plant up, the roots are kind of dangling and hanging down instead of rigidly in some sort of design of the planter, if that makes sense. So you're going to set the roots free. And then before you repot, this is going to be a great time for you to inspect the roots. Now, depending on what type of plant you have, the roots are going to look different. Let's take a normal tropical foliage plant that's going to have that normal pink fleshy root system, okay? I'm going to trust you to know what, what your plant's roots are going to actually look like. Those healthy, juicy, happy roots in a general tropical plant, tropical house plant, are going to look like pink long strings that are juicy, white or pink, right? And succulent. Sometimes roots die off and they turn black or brown and they shrivel. So when I repot, I take a minute to inspect the roots and see what we're working with. Are all of the roots really happy and juicy and healthy? Are there a couple that have kind of died off for some reason because maybe they strangled each other or whatever? And I'm going to go in and just like prune what isn't serving the plant anymore. Also, if I ever have a plant that I notice only has like one really long root, 
I will break the bottom of the root. I'll prune it because that will instigate more lateral growth on the root. So you want like roots with a nice root mat, which is all of the different little roots that grow out of the main root. Don't be afraid to give the end of the roots just like a little bit of a trim because it's just going to instigate more growth. Also, if you're putting it back in its planter or if you're, if you're, Repotting, meaning you're putting it back into its original planter, a little root prune just gives it a little bit of extra space. But I'm talking one-fifth to one-sixth of the actual root size. I'm not talking about a dramatic root prune. So you're going to inspect the roots. You're going to trim them. You're going to make sure that they're hanging low, that they're hanging wild and free. And then you're going to pot the plant up, right? So you're going to take your fresh soil. We're going to talk about some soil tips in a little bit. So I'm not going to get into that right now, but you're going to take the fresh soil. You're going to put fresh soil in the bottom of the pot, at least an inch or two that the roots are going to grow into. You're going to put your plant in it and then you're going to backfill right? You're going to make sure that, you know, if you're putting your plant in that has this root ball, there might not be soil in that root ball anymore. So after you put the root ball in the pot, you're going to backfill the soil on all the areas. And then you're going to kind of use your fingers to shimmy, shimmy soil into the middle of the root ball too, right? You're going to use your fingers to really get in there. It's really important for the soil to settle. So I'm going to encourage you to pack your soil pretty firmly. You don't need to pack it like so intensely so that it can't absorb water. You don't want it to become compacted. But as you're repotting your plant, the roots need to stabilize in your pot. So it's important to give pretty good pressure to really stabilize the plant. And you're going to kind of intuitively understand, okay, the plant can stand up now. The plant is good. I would also be careful that something that happens sometimes, especially if you're potting in little pots, is to make sure that there's a little circumference around the edge of the pot that is only soil and that your plant isn't like anchored against one side of the pot. That sometimes happens when you backfill like more on one side than the other. If you know, you know. If not, ignore that tip. And last but not least, once you repot your plant, whether it's in its original container or a new one, you're going to want to give a thorough water because this is going to help the soil settle. So I think one of the worst things you could do is repot the plant in new soil and then not give it a water. You want to give it a really thorough water. It might take a little bit longer for the soil to saturate if you're using dry soil, dry potty mix out of a bag. You're going to let the water slowly move down the entire pot and that is going to settle the soil and help anchor the roots right? So you want to give it a really good water so that water drips out the bottom of the pot. And then you might even want to give it one more water. That's what I usually do. So let's move into some general tips and let's talk about hydrophobic soil. So sometimes when it's time to repot a plant, if a plant has been in a pot for a long time, you might have some compacted soil and that's like rock hard soil that will not absorb water anymore. That is just like clutching onto the roots for dear life. You didn't do anything wrong. This happens sometimes. It's okay. Don't feel bad if this happens. It's just about kind of resuscitating the roots and the soil in order to get the soil off the plant and also kind of set the roots up for success. So if you have an imp- a compacted plant, I'm going to soak, I'm going to take it out of the pot and I'm going to soak that root ball. I'm going to soak that root ball until all of the soil hydrates and then you can kind of gently massage it off the plant. Because if the soil is that compacted and angry, you don't need to use it in your next repotting. So you're going to want to soak it off the plant. You're going to want to inspect the roots because sometimes with compacted soil, your roots will be affected. So if there's brown shriveled roots, you're going to want to trim them off. You're going to want to make sure you have enough roots, right? That all the roots haven't dried out and that actually you need to just propagate the plant. Yeah, so you're going to want to rehydrate that soil and then do the potting up that I just walked you through with fresh soil and then give it a good water and keep your eye on that plant for the next month as it kind of transitions going from this very dry, rock-hard potting mix to actually properly aerated and watered potting mix. 
I get a lot of questions about the best time to repot or pot up your houseplants. If you Google online, like best time to repot your houseplants, it's going to say spring because you kind of repot them in preparation for the growing season to make sure that they have large enough containers to grow into, right? That makes sense to me. But my rule of thumb and how I rock and roll with my houseplant collection is if a houseplant needs to be potted up, I'm not going to wait until March to give myself permission to pot it up, right? Our houseplants aren't ex- aren't necessarily experiencing the seasons that, that your outdoor garden does, especially if you're like me and you grow most of your plants under grow lights. So my plants are growing in the winter. They're growing roots and they're growing shoots in the winter. I'm not going to make my plant suffer in a smaller pot if I've noticed, oh my God, this is root bound. This plant is really miserable. It's wilting all the time or roots are growing out of the pot. I'm not going to wait until any month to like go and fix the plant because it's not necessarily, it doesn't have the same growing season as outdoors. So I would say repot your plant when your plant needs to be repotted. I kind of give the same advice with fertilizing, fertilizing when you see new growth, repot your plant when your plant needs to be repotted. But I will say, I mean, every spring, I do do like a major spring cleaning moment on the spring equinox when I go through and I see what, see who needs to be repotted and I repot them. Kind of just like what I did earlier this weekend. It's the middle of winter when I'm recording this and I repotted like three houseplants. So they're all doing fine. So I give you permission. This is your permission slip to repot your houseplants whenever you need to. I love you. You're doing great. Okay, let's talk about potting mix, Right. Rule number one, biggest rule ever, okay? Don't pot your houseplants in dirt from outside. Like I said, air makes up 25% of the soil that our houseplants live in. You don't want heavy clay soil from outside because it's gonna retain way too much water and your houseplants roots are going to rot, number one. Number two, it's gonna bring critters from outside that you do not want in your houseplants. And it's just, it's not the vibe. You're going to want to pot up your houseplants in bagged, like sterile potting mix, right? You can go to your garden center and you can get bagged potting mix, either houseplant specific or just general potting mix. That's going to be great for your houseplants. Just don't put them in your soil for outside. from outside. Thank you so much. You got to remember your plants need air as much as they need soil or compost or nutrients or water, right? They need air as well. So dialing that aeration in is really important to that point. There's all sorts of different soil mixes for all sorts of different plants that you have. The majority of my houseplants are just in a general potting mix, but there are cactus mix and citrus mix that are super gritty and airy that succulents and cactus mix can go in. I know Espoma has African violet mix, which I think has a little bit more soil retention. You see a lot of chunky aeroid mixes on the market now. So basically, you're going to be fine potting most of your houseplants in a general potting mix. That's Honestly, what I've done for the first five years of my relationship with houseplants, only in the last year or two have I just like experimented with mixing up potting mixes because I think it's fun. But any general bagged potting mix is probably going to be great for your houseplants. So if you only have budget for one bag of potting mix, just get a general potting mix and don't fret. Like, don't worry, you're going to be fine. But I would say if you were to get a second bag of potting mix for your houseplants, I would go with an orchid bark or with a succulent cactus mix that's going to have more aeration in it. And you could actually mix it into your general potting mix, or you could just pot up your succulents in in a succulent mix. I do like orchid bark to mix in for my aeroids. I have fun doing that. But basically, when you talk about soil aeration, these companies put things like bark, pumice, puffed stone, 
sticks. Like you'll see organic potting mixes that'll have sticks and like parts of trees in it, right? Because they're trying to replicate what the plants grow on outside. A lot of our tropical houseplants grow on trees. Their aerial roots cling to the side of trees, right? So it's good to have a bunch of different stuff that will aerate, you know, create some air pockets in the soil, but also kind of replicate what those roots intrinsically know what to cling on to. The little white dots in your soil that you might think is styrofoam, that's what I thought it was, is puffed stone called perlite, and it helps with aeration. Some people also just have bags of perlite in their house that they'll amend their potting mixes with. Some people root plants in perlite, which I've seen before. If a healthier gut or eating better was on your bucket list for 2024, I need to introduce you to my favorite new sweet treat, Manukora Manuka Honey. It's a single origin honey that comes from New Zealand where the bees are only fed the nectar of the Manuka tea tree. So in order for it to be Manuka honey, it's got to come from these special bees in New Zealand. And it's called a super honey because it's super rich in antioxidants and prebiotics, often three times more compared to regular honey. This honey is honestly more like caramel. It's creamy. It, the flavor of it is so complex. It's not just the sugar bomb that comes out of your honey bear and... I have eaten this thing with a spoon three times in the last 24 hours. My new hyperfixation morning coffee is espresso, a spoon of the Manuka honey, and milk shook in a mason jar. And it is the most delicious latte I have ever had. And I love that it's using a sweetener that's actually good for me instead of the weird fake stuff that I usually put in my coffees. Try it for yourself. You will not be disappointed. So if you head to manukora.com slash bloom, that's spelled M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A, manukora.com slash bloom, you can get $25 off their starter kit, which comes with the MGO 850 Manuka Honey, a free travel pack of honey sticks, a little adorable free wooden spoon, and a free guidebook. It's the perfect way to introduce yourself to this type of honey, but it's also the perfect gift. Get $25 off your starter kit by going to M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash bloom. That's $25 off your starter kit at manukora.com slash bloom. M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash bloom. Hot take plant friends. There is no one right starter plant. There, I said it. And you know what? While I'm at it, there are also no real plant killers in the world. There are just people who have not figured out their right plants for their lifestyle. This is why I created the free Plant Parent Personality Test. Because Plant Friend, I want you to get thriving alongside your houseplants as quickly as possible. So I made this cutie little Plant Parent Personality Quiz that's totally free for you on my website to take the guesswork out of building your plant collection effortlessly and joyfully. After speaking to thousands of members in our community, I realized that there are about five key plant parent personalities, each one with their unique set of strengths, weaknesses, and a unique set of plants that thrive under their care. For example, a mindful plant parent, someone who wants to engage with their plants daily, use them in their morning routines. If someone gifted that plant parent a succulent and they watered it every day, that succulent would die immediately. However... That drought-resistant succulent is a perfect match for a low-key plant parent, which is someone who travels, has kids, is busy, doesn't have time to engage with their plants every day. They're looking to engage with their plants more like once a week or once every couple of weeks. In addition, obviously, to understanding your light and basic plant care that we provide on this podcast, Happy Plant Parenthood is all about discovering your personality and then picking the right house plants to go with it. It's that simple. No more stressing over your collection. 
So what plant parent personality type are you, plant friend? All you got to do to find out is take my free quiz on my website and let me know. You can access it at growingjoywithmaria.com slash personality. After taking the test, you'll get an email with a list of plants, podcast episodes, and planty projects that I think would light you specifically up like a full spectrum grow light. So once again, that's growingjoywithmaria.com slash personality for your free plant parent personality test results. When you're repotting, make sure that you saturate the soil. Sometimes potting mix that sits in a bag is really dry. And so it takes a little bit of time to actually hydrate. So you could either hydrate it before you pop the plant up or the first time you water that plant, it's just going to take you a little bit longer. You're going to notice that the water pools at the top of the plant and takes a minute to like move through the plant a little bit. It takes longer than once the soil is saturated and the plant is like set up for success, right? So that first water, just be mindful that all the soil gets saturated and make sure you give it a really good drink and then let the soil settle. With some troubleshooting and some things to be mindful of, I would be mindful of your container. So if you had a plant in a terracotta pot and then you repot it into a ceramic pot, that soil is going to dry out slower, right? Because terracotta wicks water. So it's going to help the soil dry out faster and ceramic doesn't. So be mindful if you're changing the material that you pot your plant in, you're probably going to have to change your watering schedule. You might have to water less or more depending on you know what you're moving it in and out of. Also, another thing to be mindful of with watering is if you've moved your plant into a larger pot. So if you potted it up, before that root system grows and establishes, you're probably going to have to water that plant less because it's going to take a longer time for all of that soil to dry out. So know that when you're potting up or repotting, it's not necessarily going to be the same watering schedule that you were on. So you're going to have to use your fingers and your watering tools, you know, your water meters, your moisture meters to just make sure that what the new cadence for watering is. We talked about not potting up too large because that's going to create that overwatering root rot scenario. The other thing I can see is because, you know, you might, when you first repot a houseplant, want to kind of overwater it or like give it really thorough waterings. Sometimes you can see fungus gnats happen there. We have an episode on how to treat fungus gnats, but, you know, just let the soil dry out before you water again. Do your alcohol solution and you can use just fungus gnat traps to catch them. But those are just the little troubleshooting things I also wanted to go over in case you've hit them before. And also just like to leave you, I can't believe I just talked about repotting for 35 minutes, but to leave you just with one last thought about repotting is this is truly an opportunity to be mindful, plant friends. You know, I wrote a whole book on mindfulness and plant care, Growing Joy, The Plant Lover's Guide to Cultivating Happiness. Repotting is an awesome, tactile, moving meditation to drop in with your plants and to drop in with yourself, right? You can activate almost all of your senses. You can smell the soil. You can feel the soil. You can interact with the soil. I wouldn't suggest tasting the soil. <laughs> you can see the soil. You know, you can see whether or not your plant needs to be watered if the soil is light brown or dark brown. It's just this opportunity to heighten your senses. As we've kind of talked about on previous episodes about using plants to heighten your senses and heighten your sensitivity, use your repotting 
this season as an opportunity to be mindful. Play some music. Don't watch TV in the background. You know, don't have your phone out. Play some music. Like I said, fix yourself like a drink that you really like and take it as some you time. And also, as you're thinking about repotting the plant and what it needs, whether it needs fresh soil in its own pot or whether it needs to be bumped up and moved to a different pot, you can also think about like, how does this apply to me, right? Do I need to refresh my soil? Do I need to repot myself? Do I need to freshen up the people in my life, the perspective that I'm leading? Do I need to freshen up my morning routine and keep myself in my physical container of my house and my life and my job and my whatever? Is there an aspect of your life that you need to freshen up with some fresh organic soil, right? And if you're potting a plant up, think about what areas of my life do I actually need to expand into a larger container, right? Have I outgrown my friend group? Have I outgrown my relationship? Have I outgrown my job? Have I outgrown my home, my physical home, right? There's so many different aspects of plant life parallels that I wax poetic on all day, every day. If this mindfulness approach to plant care vibes with you, read my book. And actually, now that we talk about it, I'm going to close this episode with a reading from my book about transplant shock. I'm going to read a story from my book called A Letter to My Pepper Plant Going Into Transplant Shock. This is a part of my book. This is a real thing. It's a real letter that's in one of my journals, one of my diaries. But I had a pepper plant that I had potted up and it wasn't very happy. And this is normal too. Like, especially if you pot up a plant into a larger pot, it might just go through a little bit of transplant shock. I also like transplanted it on a really hot day. And it was like my first year gardening. So I don't want to say I did it really great. But I was having my morning. I looked at a plant before I looked at a screen, which is another practice that I talk about in my book. And I was having morning mindfulness time with my with my pepper. And I was noticing that my pepper was really bummed out. And I wrote it this letter, like the cheesy little gal that I am, that I'm going to read. It's super short. But as we explore repotting as an opportunity for mindfulness, I thought this would be a fun way to close out the episode. So without further ado, from my book, Growing Joy, The Plant Lover's Guide to Happiness, which is available wherever books are sold, this is called A Letter to My Pepper Plant Going Into Transplant Shock. Dear Pepper, Yesterday, I took you out of your seedling pot and transplanted you into your final home, the home that you'll live in during the growing season on my sunny balcony. Today, you are not very happy with me. You are going through transplant shock, which is understandable, sweet pepper baby. You've gone from a tiny little pot just large enough to house you and your delicate roots comfortably to a larger container filled with new unknown soil that feels vast and foreign. You're currently sulking, mourning your lost home with droopy leaves. I know this process is hard and uncomfortable right now, but I promise if you trust me, you'll be so much happier in your new home. You had outgrown your current pot, and if you stayed, your roots would have toppled over each other and made you so unhappy. Your new pot with all of its delicious, organic, nutrient-rich soil has so much space for you to stretch and grow. Think of all the possibilities. Think of all the nutrients you'll absorb so you can become big and strong. Think of all the delicious peppers you'll produce if you let yourself expand to your fullest potential. You couldn't grow peppers that large and delicious if you stayed in your small seedling home. I know it's scary at first, but you'll love it if you give it a chance. Let's make a deal. Give it a month. Explore your new space. Lift your leaves back up to face the sun and soak it in. Establish your roots in this new soil and let's circle back. Once you've adjusted, we can talk about returning to your old nursery pot if you still want to go back. But I have a feeling you'll see the beautiful potential for growth ahead and you'll want to stay put. You've got this and I'll be here to help the whole time. Love, Maria, your plant parent. Oh boy, so mushy. 
I am a piece of work. <laughs> when I think about Plant Friends, that is genuinely a entry from my diary that I just transcribed for the book. That is a real, that is the real thing that I wrote. And I truly mean it. I truly believe it. Plants have so many lessons to teach us if we want to tune ourselves to the frequency and listen to them. So I hope this episode was helpful. I hope it was inspiring. And more than anything, I hope it helps you grow joy in your life today. Plant friend, thank you for tuning in today. It means so much to me that I get to be part of your planty journey. If you like what you heard, make sure you're subscribed to the show so you never miss an episode. We have so many incredible interviews and solo episodes on incredible houseplant and gardening topics that you will not want to miss this year. And while you're over there in the podcast player subscribing, why don't you click over to the review section of Growing Joy with Plants and leave us a review. Reviews are tremendously helpful for the growth of the podcast, so thanks in advance. If you're looking for more opportunities to grow as a plant parent with Growing Joy content, we've got so many options for you. First, I highly recommend you taking the Plant Parent Personality Test. It's free. It's super fun. It takes three minutes to complete. At the end of the test, you're going to get your Plant Parent Personality Profile and a curated list of plants, projects, and podcast episodes that are right up your alley, tailored just for you and your lifestyle, inspired by your results. The links are in the show notes. If you're looking to uplevel your Plant Parent game, I have so many free downloads on my website that I think could help you, like the Understanding Natural Light download or nine different ways to green up your office space. If you'd like to support the show monetarily and help me bring the show to as many people as possible for free, you can head to our Patreon link in the show notes to learn more about our offerings. And finally, I invite you to come hang out with me and continue the planty conversation on social media, on Instagram and TikTok. I'm growing joy with Maria. My DMs are always open if you have requests for topics or ideas for the show. Thank you again for listening. It is truly my honor and delight to help you keep blooming and keep growing joy. friends, propagate knowledge, and grow some freaking joy. That's the motto of the Growing Joy Garden Society app and platform, otherwise known as the plantiest and kindest corner of the internet. If you've been an OG listener or a longtime listener, you might also know this app and platform as the Bloom and Grow Garden Party, but with the rebrand, we've rebranded it to the Growing Joy Garden Society. No trolls allowed, kind plant friends only. And if you haven't heard about the society yet, Plant Friend, you got to join. It's my online community that you can access via iOS or Android app or on your computer that I built to connect our international community of plant friends so we can all nerd out together about plants and celebrate our passion for our beloved plant babies. We have members literally all over the world. I'm so in love with this community of sweet plant friends. I can't say enough amazing things about them. But also there's a lot of really cool features about the app you might be interested in. There's dedicated hashtags to all sorts of different subsects of planty passions like houseplants, gardening, plant-inspired DIY projects, growing joy, plants and pets, and so many more. There's a plantrepreneur group. So if you're a planty entrepreneur and you want to connect with other planty entrepreneurs, you can join that group to connect and network. There's a plant swap section. Plus, the entire app, and this is my favorite part, is entirely searchable. So say you want to learn more about Hoya, you type the word Hoya into the search bar, and literally every post ever created about Hoya will 
will pop up. So you can click in, see what other people have been posting about Hoya and learn on your own and crowdsource hair information. It's so cool. But last but not least, it's an amazing way to support the show. Your monthly membership not only goes to sustaining the platform, but it also supports my team of editors, writers, and a community manager that help the world of Bloom and Grow keep growing. So come join us. All you got to do is go to jointhegardensociety.com and sign up for the community plan. Once again, you go to jointhegardensociety.com and click the community plan. Hot take plant friends, there is no one right starter plant. There, I said it. And you know what? While I'm at it, there are also no real plant killers in the world. There are just people who have not figured out their right plants for their lifestyle. This is why I created the free Plant Parent Personality Test, because Plant Friend, I want you to get thriving alongside your houseplants as quickly as possible, so I made this cutie little Plant Parent Personality Quiz that's totally free for you on my website to take the guesswork out of building your plant collection effortlessly and joyfully. After speaking to thousands of members in our community, I realized that there are about five key plant parent personalities, each one with their unique set of strengths, weaknesses, and a unique set of plants that thrive under their care. For example, a mindful plant parent, someone who wants to engage with their plants daily, use them in their morning routines. If someone gifted that plant parent a succulent and they watered it every day, that succulent would die immediately. However... That drought-resistant succulent is a perfect match for a low-key plant parent, which is someone who travels, has kids, is busy, doesn't have time to engage with their plants every day. They're looking to engage with their plants more like once a week or once every couple of weeks. In addition, obviously, to understanding your light and basic plant care that we provide on this podcast, Happy Plant Parenthood is all about discovering your personality and then picking the right house plants to go with it. It's that simple. No more stressing over your collection. So what plant parent personality type are you, plant friend? All you got to do to find out is take my free quiz on my website and let me know. You can access it at growingjoywithmaria.com slash personality. After taking the test, you'll get an email with a list of plants, podcast episodes, and planty projects that I think would light you specifically up like a full spectrum grow light. So once again, that's growingjoywithmaria.com slash personality for your free plant parent personality test results. (music) 